You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is September 15th, and last night at a rainy Exploria Stadium, Atlanta United put together its first two-game winning streak this league season with a 1-0 victory against Orlando. It was a different type of game for the Five Stripes, and we're going to get into that in a little bit, and you'll hear from manager Gonzalo Pineda, fullback Ronald Hernandez, and midfielder Diego Almada, who scored the game-winning goal. And then we're going to hear some voicemails from a couple of Atlanta United supporters, and I answer some of your questions that you were kind enough to email or DM and about the MLS team. So first, let's go over the standings because that is of the most importance right now. Atlanta United cut its gap on 5th and 6th place Orlando and Cincinnati to 3 points. It trails 7th place Columbus by 2 points. Now, each of those teams has a game in hand over Atlanta United, so it is a, a one more chance than Atlanta United does to gain points. They also have much easier run-ins than does Atlanta United, which will next play at Philadelphia, or I'm sorry, against Philadelphia on Saturday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and what is going to be a very, very tough game. Very tough game. Because Philadelphia is just rolling through everyone right now as it challenges for the Supporters' Shield. So just looking at the schedules here really quickly before we get into last night's game. After Philadelphia, Atlanta has New England. And then it has NYCFC. This, of course, is after the international break that's coming, in which Diego Almada is going to go join Argentina, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's a kind of a feather in his cap. It's a feather in the cap of Major League Soccer teams. So then Atlanta United is trailing Columbus, who has Portland and Red Bulls left, Cincinnati, which has Salt Lake and Chicago left, Orlando has Toronto and NYCFC left, and a makeup game against Miami. So those are going to be the tough, tough matches. I think Atlanta United's schedule is probably the toughest of all those. But again, the team has won two games. It was an atypical performance for Atlanta United. The stats were almost all backward from what you typically see. Orlando dominated possession with 55.6%, but Atlanta United led in expected goals, 203 Orlando had more shots, 20 to 10, but Atlanta put more shots on target, 5 to 3. So it was a, a weird game, and Atlanta United never felt like 
it was in control, but it didn't feel like it wasn't in control either. It created arguably the better chances in the game. Notably, Araujo had a shot cleared off the line that I think was a pretty good example of how Pineda wants the team to play. They went right up the middle of Orlando. Araujo rounded Pedro Galiz, but he tried to take the shot with his weaker foot, and it was cleared off the line. But it was still a really good scoring opportunity. Dom Dwyer had a header that went wide. Galiz stopped uh, another shot with, uh, we'll just say, his groin area before Almeida finally broke through in the 72nd minute off a very clever back heel from Andrew Gutman for the game-winning goal. It was Almada's sixth goal this year to go with 11 assists, and it was Gutman's second assist this season as he continues to be a very, very, both players continue to be very, very valuable players for the five stripes. So we're going to go to some audio now. You're going to hear manager Gonzalo Pineda on the timing of this two-game winning streak. Well, perfect timing, uh, I think. It was very good. I mean, more than those stats of second victory, second victory in a row, like like it's the timing of it. You no, know, it puts us in a very good position to fight for a playoff spot. We need to continue. Nothing is done yet, but the spirits and the passion that players are playing in the field is, is very good. And then I followed up by asking if Pineda felt his team was in control of the game. I wouldn't say we were in control in the sense that we always want to control in, in a certain way, which is good possession and dictating the tempo today. It wasn't that type of game. What I like about today's game is, is my team understood how to react to that, how to adapt to that situation. They had good tactics. They started to put a lot of numbers inside, counter movements from Facundo Torres and, and the left back, Moutinho. Uh, the middle, Pereira was doing a very good job at dictating the, the, the tempo and pulling the strings for the team. So, so the team understood how to adapt to that, how to close out the most dangerous areas, and then the transition were very dangerous. So uh, it's never perfect. You never can come with a game plan and expect always if you remember in the first half, Orlando, one of Orlando's better chances came, uh, their new signing, whose name I can't remember, got to the inline, put in a cross, Godinho came out, Franco came toward the cross, Sosa came toward the cross, Godinho got a hand on it, Franco collided with Godinho, and then Sosa stepped on Franco's wrist before Sosa cleared the ball. So, Franco was down for a long time. He was in obvious pain. They put some red tape on it, and then he came back out uh, for the second half with kind of a soft splint on his hand. Here's Pineda talking about Franco's injury. Maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know that. It was a big, big uh, step on him. He was under a lot of pain, but again, another uh, proof of the heart of the team. He, he was able to continue for another fantastic for in his past two games, Almada has two goals and an assist and has been arguably the best player on the field for the three teams, Atlanta United, Toronto, and Orlando. It kind of coincides with him being called up to the Argentine national team for its preparations for its two friendlies, the last two that are going to be played before it heads off to the World Cup in Qatar. So we asked Pineda on Almada and embracing this fantastic moment in his career. We talked to him. Uh, obviously, he's just super happy about it. He's just, you know, uh, excited about the opportunity. He understands uh, the magnitude of this achievement. And we are all very happy in the club for him because it is well deserved as well. Uh, so, more than that, I think he has to focus on the next game. And then he's very mature. Uh, aside from his age, he's very mature and he's going to uh, just understand that. This uh, job here in Atlanta has to finish in the next game, and then 
he will be released to, to do a great job in, in the national team. And here's Pineda talking about Almeida's impact with the team. Well, he's a tremendous player. He's a tremendous player. Uh, still has some things to improve, but I feel that his ceiling is very high. He's taking the responsibility uh, over his shoulders, and he's responding very well. We cannot uh, uh, forget that he's very young, but his personality, his shoulders are big, and he's taking the responsibility in the final third to impact the game. And he's doing a, a fantastic job, and I hope he can continue with these type of performances because now we need him. Last night was just the fifth time this season that Atlanta United has been able to start the same starting 11 in consecutive games. Johannes Schneider tweeted that out. One of those guys who started the two consecutive games is Ronald Hernandez at fullback with Brooks Lennon ahead of him as kind of a right winger. Here's Hernandez talking about the team's confidence level right now. Well, I think after winning two games, uh, we're, we're growing in confidence. Uh, it's something that we're building right now uh, and we have to keep going. But I think, you know, we also have to be humble. Um, and just continue to build off of this. Now, of course, Saturday, I mentioned the Philadelphia game. It is a crucial game for Atlanta United. If the five stripes can somehow win this game, it's almost like gaining six points on the field because Philadelphia has been playing so well. They have 63 points, a record of 18-4-9, 68 goals for, 22 against, 7-4-4 on the road. It is a crazy, crazy number. They lead LAFC by two points in the race with a supporter shield. They're simply blowing at most every team they play out of the water, including Atlanta United just a few games ago. So here's Hernandez talking about the importance of Saturday's match. Well, every game at this point is, is more important than the previous game. Uh, but playing against Philadelphia is, is even more special because they're competing to be the, the supporter shield winners. Um, so it's, it's a big game for us. And we have this feeling that every time we play Philadelphia, um, you know, even though we, we do things well and, and we can play well. We've, um, you know, for whatever reasons, they've been more efficient and they've been able to win those games. So uh, it's a very big game for us. Yeah, Philadelphia has had Atlanta United's number for a long, long time, uh, most notably in that Champions League game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That, of course, was Justin speaking, uh, doing the translating for Atlanta United. Uh, always enjoyed talking with Ronald. He always gives good answers to the questions we ask. So here's hoping he keeps doing that. And here is him talking about if the team is getting more confident with these consistent lineups, with being able to execute Pineda's tactics? Well, as you said, I think this year has been a year different than, than a lot in the past because of all the injuries uh, and all the highs and lows um, and other things that we've been through as a group. But um, something that Gonzalo always, you know, and I think now you're, we're starting to see the, the, the rewards of, of all the hard work that we've been putting in. And Gonzalo always wants that, um, that effort and that commitment from us. Um, and I think now we're, we're starting to see that. I do want to point out a stat that Sam Jones tracked down and posted on Twitter that last night's possession by Atlanta United was its lowest of the season. And again, that possession was 44.4%, but a 2.03 expected goal. So I know Pineda wants possession and wants to create chances, but it, the two don't always go hand in hand. And I don't think you're going to dominate possession against Philadelphia on Saturday. So that's why I bring that up. Now let's go to Diego Almada. Got to speak to him two times this week because he keeps playing so well. Here's Almeida talking about his goal. Yeah, just a wall pass with Andrew. Um, we were just there. He gave me a perfect uh, pass back. 
um, I control a little bit long. I wanted to give it to Joseph. Um, and then I just watched one on one and that was not Justin. That was Manny, who sometimes steps in and does translations and does a fantastic job to help us uh, non-speaking, non-Spanish speaking journalists out. So thank you, Manny, for doing that. Now, after the match, Pineda in speaking with a local television partner who I wish them all good futures that this was their last game together as a crew. And no one quite knows yet who Apple is going to bring in when it takes over the TV rights next season. But I'm hoping that that Jillian and Maurice and Kevin all land on their feet uh, with Apple uh, doing MLS because they're all very good at their jobs and I wish them good luck in their future. So anyway, Pineda was talking to Jillian and talking about how it feels like it's his team against the world. And he was mostly talking about the officiating, but he expanded a little bit on that um, when asked by Sam after the game. Yeah, like, like Gonzalo said, yeah. Um, sometimes we feel that it's us against everyone. Everyone made mistakes. Um, the referees might make mistakes here and there. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, everyone makes mistakes. I, I should clarify, that was Almada talking about, Pineda talking about that. That wasn't Pineda talking about that. And here's Almada uh, being asked about the biggest factor for his success. Yeah, I think that the team is playing better. Uh, we're starting to understand each other better. Obviously, after two wins in a row, um, it gives a lot of confidence. And again, and I, I repeat this on every podcast, but it is so incredibly important. With consistency comes chemistry. With chemistry comes confidence. With confidence comes results. And for the past few games, Atlanta United has been able to mostly be consistent with its lineups. There's been a few changes for various reasons, but Saturday's game is going to be very, very interesting. We're going to go to a break, come back with some voicemails and your emails and messages on the Twitters at Doug Robertson AJC or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution keeps you informed on the news that matters to you. And now, for a limited time, it might end by the end of this podcast, so you better hurry. You can get six months of unlimited digital access to the AJC for just 99 cents. Now, some of you kids out there may not even know what a quarter and a nickel and a dime and a penny are, but 99 cents is less than a dollar. So there you go. It includes all of our Atlanta United coverage, plus sports, politics, investigations, which we do very well. Breaking news, which you're also very good at. Dining, which we are excellent at because I've got a big old fat belly to prove it. And more for less than a buck. It's our best offer of the year for the best journalism 
In Atlanta, no. The state, no. The Southeast, yes. Go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast to get unlimited digital access for the next six months for just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you'll always know what is really going on in your lives, in our beautiful city and fantastic state. So we're going to go to the voicemails. But first, I want to remind you of the number to call, please, so that if you want to call in and leave a voicemails, that number is 770-810-5297. That's 770-810-5297. If I don't say it twice, Jay Black will beat me mercilessly. So I'm going to say it three times. 770-810-5297. All right. First one is John from Druid Hills. Hey, Doug. A couple things. Uh, one, Thiago Almada has been very good uh, this entire season, though somewhat inconsistent. Uh, though it seems the past uh, couple games, since he got the call up to the Argentinian national team, that it was like when Hagrid showed up to tell Harry Potter that he was a wizard. <laughs> I feel like Thiago Mata might actually be a wizard at this point. So if you could confirm that with the team, that would be really kind of cool. Uh, secondly, I noticed tonight that we uh, won the game, but we did not win time of possession, which is weird to me because I've been informed by very reliable sources that you have to win time of possession in order to win the game. Do you have any idea when the last time the United won a game without winning time of possession? All right. John being clever and snarky, which I love, all in the same voicemail. Uh, the team will not confirm that Diego is a wizard because it might affect his transfer value. They don't want to give away secret powers yet. They want to try to drive it up. So they're going to continue to let Tiago work his magic on the field. But they did say something about Gryffindor. So we'll just have to see. I don't know the last time Atlanta United won without winning time of possession. I will try to find that out for you. And if you want to confirm your sources on the time of possession equals victory, uh, I'd love to hear it because that is brand new information to me. All right, our second voicemail comes from Chance from Lawrenceville. Hey, Doug. I wanted to ask about Atlanta United's possibility in the playoffs. Like, so even let's say they hypothetically play well against the Union, the Revs, and then, uh, of course, finishing off against NYCFC. What's the likelihood of teams like Miami and Cincinnati, who have pretty easy schedules, the remainder of the season, and I think they're both uh, with a game in hand on us. Hypothetically, even if we do perform really well, what's the likelihood that they're not also going to perform well and still beat us in the run? That's why you play the games. Atlanta could win out and still not make the playoffs. It would be a good storyline for the team, considering the start. But it would also be kind of a, a kick in the pants to finally put together a winning streak and play well and not make the postseason for only the second time in six seasons. But that's sports. And if Atlanta United doesn't make the playoffs, despite winning out, it only has itself to blame for late losses and some poor performances earlier in the season. The 2-1 loss to Red Bulls when they were in control of that game 
2-2 draw with NYCFC when they were in control of that game. That's four points right there. Nashville, that's another point they've dropped. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. Um I'm I'm personally looking forward to it. Cincinnati is in a great run. New England kind of bounced back a little bit, but they're struggling. But Atlanta United has never played well in Foxborough. I'm looking forward to going to Boston. Uh, it's going to be a long weekend. Uh, taking a friend of mine up there, and that's going to be a lot of fun. And I also want to thank my friend Gary for entertaining me while I was in Orlando yesterday. And now we're going to go to the more traditional methods of communication, starting with friend of the podcast, Henry. Did Arahujo break a mirror or something? House his form in front of goal so bad when we've seen what he's capable of. I think right now he just lacks confidence, Henry. You know, that getting that shot cleared off the line last night was definitely a kick in the pants for him. That's my favorite phrase today. But that he was in position to do it is something that he can get some confidence from. Second question from Henry. What in the training McTrain face does Rosetto bring to this team? I still can't see anything he does particularly well. His first touch yesterday was literally a pass to Orlando. Pineda talked about that after the game. He said, yeah, he didn't start well, did Josetu, but he's also been out for a few games, so his timing was a little bit off. But he likes how Josetu can control possession and keep keep the ball. Uh, I'm more in your camp that he's just, to me, the definition of someone who doesn't win you games but doesn't lose you games. And Atlanta has a few too many of those players right now. But anyway, we'll see what happens in the offseason. And then third question, given the recent performances, what chance do you give Atlanta being in the playoffs and how far do you think they'll make it if they do go there? I still think it's probably less than 25% that Atlanta United will make the playoffs and probably a one and done. But a lot of it depends upon where they're going to have to go. AJ asks, have you heard anything about Almada having a $25 million release clause? This has been bandied about. I saw Joe Patrick tweet about it yesterday. I have not heard that. And release clauses are funny, funny things because I don't know if that means if Atlanta gets a bona fide offer of $25 million, they have to accept it or can they negotiate? No idea. Armada being sold for $25 million, the market is still, it's a little depressed for some players. It's a little overinflated for other players. A lot would just depend upon the team he would go to, the league they're in. But it's interesting. DKB, friend of the podcast, says, will Diego Almada be sold for more than Almiron when the time comes? I don't think so. Almiron did it in Major League Soccer for two years. Almada has done well for one year, but Almiron has things that you can't coach, notably speed, that Almada doesn't have. And Almiron has size too, which Almada doesn't have. But I think he's going to be of interest to teams in Europe and I think he'll be sold. I don't know if it'll be for as much as Almiron. What do you think happens with Eric Lopez and Ezekiel Barco after the season since the club only has one buyout? I don't think the buyout will be used on either of those guys. I think it might be used on Heinemann, but we'll see. Uh, and that's just that's speculation on my part. That's not sourced at all. That's just me throwing that out there. I think these two guys will likely be loaned again, and it's just going to be contracts that, Unless they get on a team and they're actually playing and performing well, which neither are contracts at Atlanta United or transfer fees at Atlanta United is just going to end up having to eat. Levi says, do you think Marcelino Moreno just doesn't fit the system or what else? Yes. Yes. As I wrote a long time ago, Moreno is a good player, but could be a really good player if he would just do what Pineda wants him to do. 
I got killed for it by a lot of y'all. And then a lot of you started to come around and recognize that I was right, that Moreno doesn't fit into Pineda's system. And it looks like Pineda finally came around on that too. Moreno didn't play last night, hasn't started in like six games, and is barely coming off the bench anymore. Philip says, I really like that Atlanta United put up a tribute to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth before tonight's game. As a British citizen living in Atlanta, it was a nice tribute, and I'm glad it was respected by the fans. This was, of course, the previous game, but his uh, note didn't come in in time for the last podcast, but I wanted to make sure that uh, I read it because he took the time to send it. And The Onion had a great headline yesterday, psychologist baffled by Isle woman who posts thank you note to Queen on social media which I just laughed at and thought was funny. This is another one um, from the previous game, but if people are going to take the time to send these to me, I'm going to read them. Gosh darn it. I hope I didn't miss the pod, says Nick, friend of the podcast. I was wondering your thoughts on who should see the most minutes at striker the last few games. Joseph has scored some goals recently. Cisneros was preferred for a while, and Dom is just fun to watch. Coffee sip. Follow up. If you had to pick between those three, who starts the most games for Atlanta in 2023? I think Dom's going to get the run out. For the remainder of the year, he hasn't scored in the past two games, but he is getting in good positions to score. Joseph came in and just didn't seem to want to run again. He was just kind of jogging around, even on some counterattacks. Who gets the most starts in Atlanta in 2023? I don't think it's going to be any of those guys. I think it's going to be a wild card. Adam says, and this is a long one, we've had we've said multiple times before efficiency in production, typically about Atlanta's proclivity in attack and their opponents scoring a high percentage of their shots. Tonight was a cleat. That tonight was the complete opposite. Off their 10 shots, Atlanta got five on goal, two more than Orlando, despite the stripes only have 44% of possession. It was very much a performance straight out of the 18 playoff run. You're right about this. Now, and this is what happens to Atlanta United. A lot of these shots came from counterattacks when you have numerical advantages or you're able to break through a line, get a two on one, a one on one. It's not quite. <laughs> the bunkering and countering approach that I've advocated for a while now. And it wasn't, I think, part of the tactics. It just happened because of the game, because Pineda explained that Orlando was creating a lot of overloads in the middle of the field and, and his players were able to figure it out. But that's part of it. Adam, second question. While I'm not confident that the defense could pitch a shutout versus more powerful opponents, I do think there's merit to this formula going forward. Tonight, Atlanta's attacker saw more open space for their breakaways, and by not pushing too far forward too often, the defense was more compact and less prone to give up glaring chances. So knowing Philly comes to town more rested and playing for the supporter shield, would you risk giving the Union time on the ball like we saw versus Orlando, or do you hope the home crowd provides energy for a more sustained attack to keep Philly at bay? Who would you start for Atlanta Saturday? I would keep the same 11. They get a break. They can run their booties off in this game and then rest for the final two. So I think it's going to be the same starting 11. No, I don't think Pineda is going to allow, by choice, Philadelphia to have more of the ball. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Union end up with more of the ball simply because they're in such good form right now. And Adam ends with, as always, thanks for all you do. And I, for one, like the nickname, the Get Fresh Crew. Cheers. Well, thanks. Adam, you are now officially a member of the Get Fresh Crew. Ben? says, I hope you enjoyed Disney World. I didn't get to go, but I did go to a, a bar after the game, after I got my work done, called Santiago's Bodega with my friend Gary. Fantastic establishment. If you're ever in Orlando, go. Tonight was a signature win for Pineda and the team. It was not pretty, but hats off to Pineda for putting together a solid plan. 
I hope the team can recover in time for Saturday's pivotal match against Philly. The team looked a little slow or sluggish. Orlando was very aggressive trying to win duels and 50-50 balls, or as Frank DeBoer would say, duels. But Philadelphia will be on another level. Also, the team's touch seemed poor many times during the match. I'm not sure if the playing surface had something to do with it. I think it probably did. Orlando had some troubles too. What do you think the team should do tactically against Philly? So Philly's going to play a diamond midfield. One of the ways you beat a diamond midfield is quick switches the ball because Philadelphia is going to try to pin you against the sidelines or pin you into the corners. If you can do quick switches, then you'll get numerical advantages on the other side of the field if you attack. If you switch the ball and then you put your foot on it, which Atlanta sometimes has a tendency to do, I think much to Pineda's chagrin, then it doesn't work. Then you're just going to get pressured on the other side because Philadelphia will recover. So I think quick switches, counterattacks are what you're going to see, but we'll see. Alex, I am writing this in the 37th minute after a perfect pass by Almeida and a catastrophic miss by Arahujo. Does Arahujo, and I'm going to use the word stink and not use the word that Alex said. No, I think it's just a, of he's suffering from a little bit of lack of confidence right now. But he's playing well, I think. Um, his decision-making could be improved a little bit, but again, that comes with confidence. So we'll see what happens these last few games. Rob says, do you think Tata would be interested in Carlos's role? No, I do not. And do you think the team would be interested in having him in that role were it to open up? No. Tata is a coach. He does not want to deal with signing players and MLS rules and all that. And our last question comes from Moira, and it was sent after the Toronto game, but again, they took she took the time. I just read your article on the AJC, and you mentioned Dom Dwyer having four shots and not scoring, which came across as if he was not much used to the team. No, I was just pointing out he took four shots and didn't score. While he is not Joseph, he has managed to score four goals a season, shows enthusiasm, and in not that many minutes of soccer has managed to equal the score of Arahujo. Having been at the bins yesterday, most of us in the crowd thought Arahujo would miss that penalty, and he proved us right. While he at least did run around more than usual yesterday, I think he could have warranted the criticism more than Dwyer. Again, I wasn't criticizing Dwyer, just pointing out facts. Sometimes facts are negative, and often that's interpreted as being critical, but it's just facts. Facts are facts. Positive or negative, it is what they are. And yes, Arahujo missing that penalty, which was not well taken at all, is another piece of evidence, in my opinion, that he's just lacking a little bit of confidence. Because in training, he absolutely blisters those balls. He never gets cheated on how hard he hits a soccer ball. And as many of you saw, he did not hit that one hard at all. So anyway, all right, we're going to wrap up this edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. Atlanta United 1-0 winners at Orlando. Atlanta United will host Philadelphia on Saturday at the Benz. The game will be on Univision, I believe it is. As always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones, and y'all take care. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. 
Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Oh,